So, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Or anyone who thinks an ex-backlog means you've had one too many laxatives. I'm ahead of the game. Welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be looking at why you should have an ex audit of all your socials, getting more married at first sight gossip from Amy Christophers, and I'll be looking at your career pivots. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your finest of podcasts and I hope you're ready because I'm about to like your story. Hello, 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 dear listener. Hello. Okay, quick question. When was the last time you did an audit of your socials? (laughs) Okay, do you even know what an audit of your socials is? (laughs) I was quite confused. I don't blame you. Okay, so think of all those times you've met someone or you've just chatted to them online and you followed each other and and you found them on a dating site, but things didn't work out. And now you're still like following each other, like they're watching your stories or you're liking their posts. So we all look up an ex online from time to time, but this is like maintaining a digital connection to someone. Hayley Quinn, dating expert for Match, says that it's rarely helpful to keep seeing content from these people. So it's time to cut them out, ladies and gents. She says it's become common dating etiquette for people to add one another on social media before or after a first date, even if they never go on any further dates. This can create an ex backlog. So it's all these people that you almost had a romance with on social media, all the way through to real exes who you used to be in a proper relationship with. Both of these kinds of exes can be very painful to stay in touch with. So if it was a former partner, you might get uncomfortable updates on how great their life is without you. And if it was a near miss date, then you might see them all sailing off into the sunset with someone else and be wondering why they didn't choose you. But as Hayley reminds us, people also put their highlights reel on social media. You only ever see an edited version of the best version of their lives. And that can that can really make you feel inadequate. You know, don't worry about it. Just remember how uncomfortable comfortable those dates were. There's a reason it didn't work out and it's time for you to remove them because they're not going to do it. Maybe they're just desperate for the followers. You don't need that in your life, babe. Haley says that cutting ties is good for keeping your mind focused on the present, whether you're dating someone new, you're in a committed relationship or you're single. She says that removing people from your followers list may help you to move on and get into the right frame of mind to be ready to meet someone new. Now, if you want to find out how to do an X audit, then head over to metro.co.uk and go to the article, Do You Have an X Backlog? Come on, it's time to get them off your socials. But obviously, not before you have listened to my fabulous chat with this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and nays, this week's guest is going to be your new favourite icon. Who else can say they started a career in glamour modelling, then qualified as a referee for the FA and now presents on some of the UK's biggest shows in sports entertainment? Here to tell me all about that transition and to hopefully give me some more gossip on what it takes to get married at first sight, it's Amy Christophers. Hello, Amy. Wow, I think that is the best introduction I've ever had like I've heard that you do good introductions for people on this podcast but I am very happy with that one and I can't I will take that all day long thank you very much <laughs> how else can I introduce someone who has won the iconic rear of the year award like that is two years running <laughs> oh one for each buttock sadly not winning it anymore <laughs> <laughs> I still have faith Amy I still have faith <laughs> There's just a lot more to love of it now, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? How's everything going? I'm good, thank you. Um, The listeners can't see me, but I've donned a little bit of leopard print, you know, getting in the vibe. You are definitely, you have definitely won the award for the most glam, I have to say. You are so glam. Like, it's such a shame that we can't see you, but I really appreciate it. Look, we're both matching leopard prints. I know, I did notice that, I did notice that. Well, you know, you can take the girl out of glamour, as they say. And let's talk about that. So this wild transition from glamour modelling to sports presenter with a bit of FA refereeing in the middle. Tell me all about it. How did you start? What were you... (laughs) I want to say, what were you thinking? But that... (laughs) Well, do you know what? I think it's like growing up, like I grew up in that culture where it's like lads, tits, football. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like, to me, I don't think it's like a weird transition at all because... For me, those things just went hand in hand. So, yeah, I remember I was in, I think I was like eight in school and they were being like, so you had to stand up and do a speech of like what you wanted to be when you were older. And I was like, I want to be a page three girl. And they're like, <laughs> what? Yes. And then like the teachers are like, okay. And they're like, people are asking questions like, oh, so why this, why that? And you've got to stand there answering all these questions. So one of them was like, well, well how do you even know that like, you know, because I was like, yes, I'm going to have boobies and I'm going to do this and that. And like, men are going to love me. And I'm like, eight. So like, <laughs> obviously, the teacher pulled my mum and dad in like, what the hell is going on at home? Why does she want to be a page three girl? I just outed my dad in the whole class. And I was like, daddy's got loads of pictures of naked ladies in his garage. <laughs> so dad was not amused by that. And karma bit him in the ass, but I'll get that. I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so they were like, so why this, why that? And I was like, well, my mum's got massive boobs. My nan's got even more bigger boobs. So surely I'm going to have big boobs. And I was just so confident at eight that I was going to have big boobs. Luckily, they did come in at like, started to come in at like nine, actually. So uh, yeah, it wasn't far off. Um, Manifested those boobs. Yeah, exactly. I was just asking the universe, like, come on, give me this. And uh, yeah, it's just something that I always wanted to do. Um, I'm not really sure why. I guess, I don't know, probably got some daddy issues or something maybe, <laughs> where I was just trying to make my dad proud. Like, okay, what's my dad like? Football. Okay, what else do you like? Tits. All right, well, I'll be a page three girl then. Then he'll be proud of me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, I don't know. That was it, really. I just, I just had it in my head that that's what I wanted to be. And then around that same time, 
we got Sky. So we I felt like so flashed because we were like one of the only houses on our street that had Sky. So like all the neighbours used to come around to our house and we were like, oh my God, we've got Sky. It's really exciting. And then I used to sit there and watch fashion TV and Sky Sports. So I was like, wow, all these girls are so glamorous and this. And I was like, oh, actually, maybe I want to be a fashion model now. And then mum was like, I think you've got more hope with the tits, love. Like, obviously not tits. <laughs> she wasn't telling me that at eight, but she was just like, I think you've got more hope of being a page three girl. Like, we're all very short in this family. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, okay, glamour then, that's fine. And I knew that after my glamour career, I wanted to get into football. And that's something that I was just born into a football-loving family. Like, my granddad founded a football club down here in Cornwall. Um, I'm heavily involved with it now, so... Yeah, it was just one of those things. But um, going back to how my dad got his karma. So the first time that I was on page three, so my dad was an electrician. And so he used to have loads of, uh, you know, work experience lads coming along, doing some stuff and whatever and apprentices. And the day that I was in page three, they used to get the magazines and everything. And they'd be like, oh my God, she's from Falmouth. Cool, look at her. And whatever, my dad's like, oh, what? He's like, oh, it's my daughter. <laughs> And he was like, right, that's it. All papers and magazines are banned from the work site. <laughs> I think I just absolutely ruined magazines and papers for my dad. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. I'm not sure he's proud of me, but um, I think he's probably angry at me. <laughs> I think that's a great way to go about it. I have such a big problem with the the ban, the page three models, because I don't think, I don't think that they should be banned. I think it's... Don't even get me started yeah. on that. I, I had to go and debate with all of these feminists. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm a feminist, but I'm not the kind of feminist that does that. I'm like, feminism to me is all about empowering other women yeah. to be whatever they want to be. And I'm sorry, if you have a problem with what somebody else wants to be, that's your issue, not hers. Yeah. It's just like, we should be encouraging people to do what they want. And I know that people are like, oh, you're just an object, you're this, you're that. Let me tell you, when I was page three going to doing all the modelling and stuff, I never once felt used, abused, whatever. I, I felt really empowered. And people are like, oh, isn't it? Um, like, aren't the photographers really, like, lechy and all of that? Like, okay, maybe when you're starting out and you're doing a lot of amateur stuff before you get signed to the magazines and this, that and the other. I mean, I'm talking like it's still around. It's, I'm so sad for these girls that will never get to experience it now. And like, genuinely, I, I am upset that page three has gone and the lab mags and things like that. But um, growing up, like, that was like the pinnacle. That's what you wanted to be. I guess now the equivalent of that would be, you know, a beauty influencer or something like that, YouTuber, I guess. Um, but that's what that's what everybody wanted to be when they were younger. So yeah, I just feel sad that that went. But I was um, I was debating with all these very highly intelligent feminists, and I was like, I'm really out of my depth here. But I just spoke my truth, and I was just like, you know, I think it is sad. And and the other sad thing about it, you've got all these girls that then have got used to this lifestyle, and you know, some of them didn't have any other education because they went into it instead of going to uni or whatever. So you've now taken away that living. They don't know anything else. So they're still going to want that kind of money. And then that's when the dangerous bit comes in. Oh, the escorting, the porn route, if that's not what they initially signed up for, you know? And then it's a slippery slope. So my biggest comeback to these feminists were like, oh, are you happy now? You're creating women to go and be escorts and whatever, you know? And they were just like, uh, uh, and I'm like, 
they're putting themselves in a lot more danger to doing that than getting their tits out on page three. Are you happy with yourself? And they were like, I was like, mic drop, bye. <laughs> Amy Christophers, I want to go to the pub with you. We've got a lot to talk about. You are on my level. This is exactly, this is exactly my problem. It's, you're saying, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, but you're a woman telling another woman what they can and cannot do. That's, that's not feminism. And also exactly no. as you're saying, what you're doing is you're taking away a job from someone and it, it doesn't matter what they want to do, but you're taking away a job and you're, you're, you are then forcing them into a route that they didn't want to go down, you know? Because they're very vulnerable then. And then other people will be like, well, you can still earn this kind of money. And it's a very slippery slope. Like, you know, when the lab mags were going, yeah, I was offered certain things. And I was like, luckily for me, I knew that I had a, a plan for after modelling. So I knew that I wanted to go into sport. But a lot of my other friends, they didn't. And you know, some of them did go down that route and now they're really unhappy. They then went into heavily like using drugs and putting themselves in really situations that they never would have before. So, I mean, they're all okay now, but I'm just saying that that's, that's not something that they ever thought that they would go into. And and it's, it should be more about empowering women to say, well, you've done this. And there's no shame in that. So yeah. yes, let's let's yeah. put you into something else. If you want to leave glamour modelling, or if you want to carry on doing glamour modelling, but you want or you want to try something else, then there is another route rather than shaming them, saying, "Well, you've done glamour modelling, and so you are bad, so you can't do anything else." Yeah, and I kind of felt like when I was going through that time of trying to then get taken seriously in sport because. During my time as a glamour model, you know, I used to do ring girl work, I do grid girl. So I was always around like the sporty events and things like that. And I was doing all these car shows. I was a max power mm. girl. I used to do the bikes and I just loved the thrill of yeah. that. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be in the action. And like, I want to be, I want to be interviewing the, the people that are like, you know, doing this stuff because I'm I'm not sporty enough to be doing the stuff so I want to talk to the person that's doing it and that was my link into it of like basically just being really nosy and just wanting to know everything so perfect <laughs> being right in there with the gossip love it yeah so that's kind of how I wanted to get into it and that's where I really found my love of other sports because obviously I grew up with the love of football but yeah then the motorsports stuff and even cricket and things like that I just I just love being around the whole yeah like it's an event isn't it and horse racing it's like all the social stuff it's just a really good day out going to a sports event I highly recommend it if you're not in sport just go for the piss up it's great (laughs) (laughs) so so you were you glamour modeling and then you you wanted to go into sports presenting so what was the transition like between the two so I was I was doing all these sporty jobs as a glamour model basically just being the uh, eye candy and and then I was just like mm, this isn't enough for me so I'd be like speaking to some of the people behind the scenes being like what if I wanted to do what she's doing and they'd be like oh yeah okay well you know what what do you know about boxing I'm like well you know I speak to all the fighters before they come out and everyone that I bring out they all win so you know I must be a lucky charm and I obviously make them feel some kind of calmness or whatever, or like, you know, give them a pep talk before they go out there because they all win. And I was just like, can I can I start making you some videos and stuff? So I started doing some little bits about boxing, started doing some bits about football. 
betting as well because I was getting quite into my betting then so I used to do like Brandy's betting and oh yeah it was called Brandy um <laughs> but I did give myself a stage name because I Amazing. wasn't an idiot I knew that I wanted to go into something else after and I knew that it might um yeah it might be a bit detrimental to me my previous career and I'd be right and I think that's such a shame you know we're talking about empowering women and things like that but I was highly judged going into sport and I still am to be honest I think now quite a lot of people they don't realize that I was a glamour model and you know looking younger can be a blessing and a curse but sometimes it can be a curse because they think oh I'm just fresh out of uni and like oh I'm I'm trying to do some YouTube stuff and do this, do that or whatever. And then, yeah, they're like, they don't realise that I've already had like a 10 year career before like this eight year sports career. And um, so some of them don't know that I've done Glamour. And then sometimes it comes up and then they're like, <laughs> someone told me this, but like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I shut that down. And I'm like, oh, no, I did. And I'm like, why am I being made to feel that I should be ashamed of that previous career? Because... I got to the top of my game in that and I achieved everything I wanted to do apart from be a Playboy centerfold and cover girl. But who knows, maybe one day, I know that they're bringing Playboy back now. So uh, if you're listening, hook, hit me up. <laughs> I'll get my kit off again. <laughs> you cannot let it go to waste. Look at you. <laughs> it must be shown to the world. That's something that I've had to face quite a lot. Um, you know, it's sort of like secondhand embarrassment for me. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not embarrassed. So why are you being embarrassed for me? Like, you don't need to. I'm proud of it. And if you ever came around my house, like in my office, I've got like all my page threes up, my mag covers and it's like and my little awards and stuff that I got while I was doing Glamour. And I'm really proud of it. And I don't think that I should be made to feel ashamed of it. Absolutely not. Come round to my house that my glamour modelling paid for and meet my dogs. And and they don't understand the other things you're getting, like a 10-year career. To keep a 10-year career when uh, you're self-employed and you're freelance, they don't know how much graft and how much confidence that takes. And can I just say, talking about the graft, like how many different ways can you get the same pair of tits out for 10 years? You've got to be very creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know people get bored I got bored of it that's why that's why I left <laughs> I needed a new challenge <laughs> oh, oh well if if you ever you know feel the need to give up sports presenting it sounds like you would go into a very successful career in coaching OnlyFans models like oh <laughs> got a lot of creative ideas yes <laughs> <laughs> So what is it like for you now when you're out presenting? Is there any, do you still feel the shame or do you do you think you've, you know, you've broached it enough, you'll feel more confidence about it? Because you were on Married at First Sight, so more must have come up about it then. Or do you just feel more confident to just say, I know what I've got from it and I'm super happy. Fuck the rest of you. Yeah, so talking about the Married at First Sight thing, people tried to shame me again and I was just like, oh yeah so there was this video that I did when I was in my early 20s and I was working for babe station at the time or like Ellie studio 66 one of them and so we went away to do this trip to Ibiza and then the the viewers the callers that obviously we all had our regulars and things like that so essentially it was like 
an OnlyFans way before OnlyFans kind of thing, right? So that's essentially... I was going to say. It was like the original OnlyFans, yeah. So all these babe channels would have this. So people would sign up for subscriptions and then they could pay extra and get like certain videos and stuff. So they'd all sort of be like POV, like fantasy stuff. So yeah, and then there was like a poll of like, right, so we want like a stripping one, or we want like, uh, oh, a made video or whatever. But one of the ones was a POV threesome. So people had to vote for who they wanted. And they were like, oh, we want Brandy and Cara because we, we were really good friends at the time. So we just had a laugh with it, you know? And it was our main, like, it was our main producer who was one of our friends as well. So we're all absolutely cracked up. And they're like, Brandy, you've got to do your American accent. So I'm like, oh. Oh my god guys hi oh you started without me <laughs> like we just like it's so over the top stupid because we were like oh it's only the viewers that are ever gonna see this no no the sun got hold of it then it's like all across the newspaper the video's been leaked and I'm like this is something I did in my early 20s that was never ever 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 meant to see the light of day People don't get any context. They don't know that it was for like this babe station thing and that like actually me and Cara are really good friends and they're just absolutely taking the piss out of this situation with our producer and just having a real laugh at it. And like, I think the worst thing that happened in it is like, she licked my nipple. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you saw a nighttime show, there is a lot worse going on than that. So people need to get a life. Like it was below vanilla. But how does that, how does that seriously make you feel? Like, how do you feel about that now? Like have things changed for you? Is it more that the, that the maths hits the SEO search or do you still feel like I'd, I'd want to set the world on fire. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the maths thing is now more detrimental. Really? Um, and because some things that get taken out of context on that show, like they just showed me moaning a lot, but they didn't show me why I was moaning. They didn't show like Josh winding me up for like an hour previously to that or, you know, production saying we're not going to Cornwall now on your home visits. And like, you know, putting into fact that I just had really like bad personal news that day and I still had to film that was on the home visits, which was probably like the worst day of it. Because so you, you went to the ceremony and you both said, I do and then turned up at the reunion and it was very much I do not so what happened in between so basically I stayed in London for a little bit to like see him and he essentially just went back to his real life which I did have an inkling was going to happen and I, that was what I was scared of which is why I didn't go back to Cornwall I was like no I'm going to stay in London a bit more I think we need to spend some time together like out of the experiment and all of that and essentially just was didn't want to see me. And I was just like, this is weird. Oh. We just spent two months together, like, what? And, like, for me, I thought I'd found everything I ever wanted in Josh. And, like, it has, it has been, like, hard getting over that, especially when you get no closure. Because even on that sofa, I didn't get any closure during the reunion because everything they were saying was a lie. We've seen each other twice after the experiment. So... Well, okay, three times. So after the vows, we went back to the apartments and then I booked us the Ivy in Brighton. And I was like, oh, we can have like our first official date. It'll be so cute and whatever. So I did that. And then a couple of weeks later or whatever, I booked us to go to the New Forest. So we went and did that. That was really cute. But then that was cut short because he had to go back to London because he was going to see an agent. And I was like, can't you rearrange that? Like, is that important? Like... Do you know what I mean? Whatever. 
so I was just like okay well I'll see you when I get back from Cornwall then because I bear in mind I've been away for all that time I had to go back see my I only have one dog then my little sausage dog I was like I need to go back see Didier I need to unpack repack because then I had to go back to London to host the Euros for JD so I was like I need to sort my shit out and then I was starting my racing job as well so I was like look I am going to be quite busy but I will make time for you because this is a priority to make this work and then like it was just a really shitty reason like oh it's not working I'm like it's not working because you're not willing to put the work in like I'm there trying to make this work and you're not bothered and I just feel like it was just a a total waste of time and like if you knew that you were just going to go off back to your like real life essentially then why would you waste my time like that do you know what I mean so it's a bit annoying how can he not love you? I love you and I've only known you for 46 minutes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what is it like though? Do you still, do you do like the maths? Um, it's it's not the reunions on telly, but you must see other maths cast members and everything. What is it like when you all get together? We're just like, Phew, that was fucked up, wasn't it? <laughs> It's like we don't even need to say anything to each other. Like, we just all know. Do you know what I mean? We've just got that, like, we've just got that bond, that, like, that unspoken bond because you've gone through something like this, you know? And it's something that other people that haven't experienced it will will never be able to understand. Like, we can talk about it and try and tell you, you know, all different scenarios and whatever, but unless you've lived it, like, it's, it's wild. Like, and there's so much still... That like none of us have spoken about that like we know has gone on. Do you know what I mean? So it's just no. yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I so want to know, but you're not going to tell me, are you? Well, we could go for cocktails, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you off that. <laughs> I am absolutely going to hold you to that. Definitely. I just imagine like because it's all these people who are single and looking for love, and and there's still that that want for connection and a companion. And, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did just turn into a massive orgy down at the nearest tele- no, travel lodge. Not Do you know? that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen on my series because I literally only fancy Josh. Like, yeah. Oh. So what advice for just just to get back onto topic rather than just oh all the gossip, which I'm loving anyway. <laughs> What advice would you give to people, to women who may have been in a career such as glamour modelling? You've got, because you've got all sorts now. You've got people who've been on OnlyFans. You've got people from every kind of sex work. And if they wanted to do something that was, again, in the public eye, very much like presenting or anything like that, what would be your words of advice to them? Oh, just own it. Own who you are, own your past, like, People are going to dig it up anyway. And trust me, people love to try and dig things up and try and take you down with it. But if you own it, you take away every single bit of power that they think that they have over you. I love that. I love the italics, the bold and the underlining on what they think they've got. You on have you. shit on me. I'm shit hot. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> What's next for you, Amy? What projects have you got coming up? Tell us all about them. It's a big summer. We've got the Women's World Cup over in Australia and New Zealand. So um, in chats at the minute, we're hopefully working on a few things around that. There's also, I don't know, I, hmm, 
I've signed an NDA for something and it might have something to do with a fruit TV. Oh. <laughs> if you can work that one out. And it's about football. Um, I might be venturing into boxing presenting soon. So yeah, there's there's quite a lot happening. My uh, my pipeline is fully piped. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like, fully piped. Good. <laughs> and if people want to find more information, where can they find you? So I'm on all socials as that Sports Spice. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me, Amy. Oh, no, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Oh, my God. Let's go for that cocktail soon, please. Thank you for having me. I have once again delved into the fun bags. This week, I wanted you to tell me all your stories of a major change. Did you change lanes and discover some surprising transferable skills? Well, Chelsea, she got me on Twitter and she says, I'm in the sex work to stand up club. Ah, oh, from sex work to stand up comedy. One of us, one of us. And she says, have you got any tips? Oh, Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea, I really hope you saved some cash from your old job. Um, Okay, Chelsea, all you can do is tell your story, find your voice and be prepared to tell lots of stories about weird customers. That's all anyone wants to know. (laughs) Uh, Pup71, they got hold of me on Instagram and he says, I was forced into a pivot after someone at my soul-sucking office job discovered my extracurricular activities online. Okay, now, with the name Pup71, I'm going to leave it to your imagination as to what his extracurricular activities mean. Uh, But he does go on to say, I now curate puppy events throughout the world. Oh, I'm so happy now. And the puppy community really helped me to rise rather than fall. Oh, that's love. I love that. You see, one door shuts, but a window into curating puppy events throughout the world opens. That's brilliant. Oh, I'm so pleased pleased that the puppy community didn't pause in taking the lead. Uh, Lee on Instagram says, I'm about to take the leap myself. I've just given him my notice to create fetish wear for all shapes and sizes. What's your size, Miranda? Lee, tell me everything. I want to know what you're making and how I can get hold of it in my grubby little hands. That sounds amazing. Oh, so many entrepreneurs out there. Oh, and I want to hear all of it. I want to hear all your sexy stories, your saucy encounters. And if you want to be a guest and come and chat about your own sexpert topic, then do what Lee did and just get in touch. Do you have a a command of a kink? Have you got a favourite fetish? Are you an expert in something? We want to hear from makers, shakers, practitioners. If you've got anything to say about sex, relationship, fetishes, kinks, anything like that, then just get hold of us. You can email smutdrop at metro.co.uk or you can find me on Instagram. It's Kane, M-I-R-I-K-A-N-E, where you can slide into my DMs and tell me all about yourself. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. 
If you are enjoying this weekly dive into the sexual gutter, then please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me.